Welcome to Numb Phil's Fan Podcast. If you don't already, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, anywhere you find your podcast. Don't forget, NumbBillsFan.com has all of our content. Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast for episode number 121. I am your host, David Palermo. Thank you for joining, as always. It's been a minute. Um, if you are listening now and you do not know what you're listening to, this is Numb Bills Fan Podcast. So follow me on the Twitter, as you heard in the intro, at Numb Bills Fan, Facebook, Instagram. You can follow my personal stuff. Uh, we have a shirt for sale up on numbillsfan.com. Please click through the link. It'll take you right up to Etsy if you want to support the podcast. And uh, there's an interesting design on the front with an X, and it says NBF with a standing buffalo um, on the left breast. And then on the back, there is a picture of the goalpost being torn down at Rolf Wilson Stadium. It says Numb Bills fan. And on the top, it says da-da-da, and uh, we shall rise to fight again, something like that. The Marv Levy, the talent of the quote that Marv Levy borrowed. So pretty rad shirt. Um, very comfortable. They they fit right. You could see some comments on Twitter about them. We have done some giveaways with the shirts, and I mailed them out to the regulars and Bill's Mafia group and a few other people just for free. Um, so 19 bucks shipped. If you want to combine anything, we have collectibles up there on the store. Go on Etsy, Numbills Fan. And if not, just click right through on numbillsfan.com. Click right through up to uh, right through onto the picture of the shirt. You'll see me and my friend uh, Mike Sawyer holding up the shirt. So if you want to support the podcast, it's a direct way. Uh, thank you so much. And if you're tuning in, welcome back. OTAs happened. Jeremy Macklin did not sign with the Bills. I brought Kevin, I can never pronounce it, Kevin Masari, Masari from uh, Cover1.net, works with our buddy Eric Turner. And, um, you know, don't forget, check out Cover1.net. You want the best Bills analytics in the business? Get your ass on that site, please. Great, great, great video podcast with Lorenzo Alexander. I mean, Eric got a Bills player to really come on and break down some film and talk some smack about like what's going on. That's pretty sweet. So if you don't subscribe to Cover One's podcast, go on your iTunes, press subscribe. Um, I think it's my favorite Bills podcast. Eric is a great talker. His friend John is a great talker. Kevin is a great talker, hence why he's on. Uh, lastly, brought to you by PunchDrunkSports.com. And um, Punch Drunk Sports is a podcast about sports, unfiltered by comedians who are way funnier than me. Uh, three regulars at the Comedy Store, Jason Tebow, Ari Shafir, and Sam Tripoli. They have a Patreon going where they're having exclusive podcasts. There's one actually with Joe Rogan and uh, talking about boxing. I think uh, Tom Segura jumps in there just talking boxing. So it's, you know, it's on their Patreon, and if you support punch drunk sports it's going to help them with their website and launching this great sports podcast comedy sports podcast network and num bills fan uh i'm proud to be a part of that network so please check them out 
at PunchDrunk on Twitter. And uh, this podcast will be covering the Bills for them. So PunchDrunk Sports. Oh, man, I'm sniffling. PunchDrunkSports.com. And if you haven't already, had a very interesting podcast. Please refer back to um, some old podcasts. There's a lot of what I call timeless podcasts. Where these are podcasts where you can listen to them all year round. The last podcast that I think, not even last podcast, but if you're wondering what it's like to have your team move out of your hometown, as in the LA Rams move to St. Louis, you're still a Rams fan, and they move back home, imagine being the Bills and that happening to you. But really, if it's the Bills, they ain't coming back. Well, Kevin Elliott, who is the host of Barroom Heroes podcast, He's an L- he's born and raised in L.A., so his podcast is also on Punch Drunk Sports Comedy Network or Comedy Podcast Network. Um, me and Kevin dive into it, and it's a really interesting conversation. So that's number 118. Go back on your feeds. If you don't subscribe, you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, anywhere you find your podcast. If not, um, go right on numbillsfan.com. There's a great player where you could actually – go back episodes in the player. So it's pretty dope. I'm into it. You should be too because, I don't know, it's a fun podcast. Um, Also, hey, number 119, the No Fun League is trying to be fun. Rule changes for 2017. I rail off on the rule changes, flew solo on that podcast. No problems with it. Um, But, you know, we talked about the celebration rule. Well, I talked about the celebration rule. So it's... uh. Pretty interesting stuff because it seems like the NFL is taking up after the NBA a little bit. So please check that out. That's podcast one nineteen, and um, the last podcast before this one, podcast one twenty, um, has Eric Turner from Cover One and I love Eric as I already stated earlier. So um, pretty much it's about the front office and most of the, of the dust settled in the front office. You know they hired a last of the scouts, I believe couple positions or at least one position that they might fill might not if the right person shows up to fill it but if you want to break down general thoughts on the front office like how it's shaping up you got brandon bean at the top you got some other guys um that were really you know high up at one time former gms gm candidates all on the staff we dive into a podcast number 120 please again subscribe tell your friends subscribe to the podcast so any NFL news that's fun, crucial, I'll be covering that too from now here on out. So expect a lot more content than the usual. Usually none Bills fan, we're doing two a week. Expect about three to four when things get rolling towards training camp. So again, numbillsfan.com, cover1.net, punchrucksports.com. Follow and subscribe to all those podcasts. Please, that's all you need. Throw in Joe Rogan too. Humble yourself a little bit. Listen to Sam Harris. Talk your brain off. And, uh, okay, so here I am, and um, just going to dive right into it. And on the line with us is Kevin Masseri from CoverOne.net. Hi, Kevin. What's going on, Dave? How are you doing today? You know, our usual pretending like we weren't on the phone shooting the shit for uh, 20 minutes. So um, where can we find you on Twitter? Absolutely. I'm at my normal, at Kevin Masseri. usual place and obviously eric turner at cover one uh dot net so those are the two places you can find me right now 
And um, what is up on the website that you guys are currently pretty proud of? I know you guys did something with Lorenzo Alexander, which is pretty sweet. I am honestly yeah. yet to watch it. Going to watch it tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Eric just got Lorenzo in for a film study that uh, we're, we're pumping pretty hard. That was pretty sweet. Um, there's a couple of things going on as we're you know covering OTAs and um, you know a lot of Macklin news up there right now. So just so, just your, just your normal run of the mill June stuff going on. Yeah, for for me, June is obviously July is pretty boring, but uh, June is pretty boring too, and so is May. And um, I don't know. This time of year, I, I talked to you earlier about it. Des Lewis, nice kid. Um, he's a, an example from last year of why I don't get excited about the OTAs because these guys look good in shorts and they fall off a training camp. And I don't know. I used to be hooked on the Bills Focus videos years back. Oh, what'd they do? And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, you're playing Patty. Like, I go to training camp, and I love the Bills. But I go to training camp, and I get bored. Like, it's hot. It's all sorts of stuff. Because, like, I can't always have the best view, so I can't always read the numbers. So it's like, man, sometimes they're better off just watching the videos, but, like, they're still pretty boring. Absolutely, man. Yeah, they're they're brutal to watch. I mean, you have to really focus in on a few specific things. Like, in my opinion, there's – there's very, very detailed things you're looking for at OTAs and even training camp. You're looking at formation lineups. You're looking at who they're running where. You're kind of looking at um, who's in what different scheme package. You're, you're going to look at those more high-level things, and you're going to look at detailed who's running the 40 times, who's making the over-the-shoulder catch, who's you know doing those kind of spectacular. Those are kind of one-offs, and it's very easy to do that in that setting. So that's why you're looking at bigger picture things. And you actually have to try to take something out of preseason football because that's really the only time you have those four games to kind of show what you're doing. And that's why it's really funny when people want to cut preseason. I don't, I don't think you can. No, I don't think you cut preseason at all. It's preseason. That fourth is, game, that fourth game that everyone hates, is huge for the last like five players on your team. So, can I? It's, can I be honest with you, um, man? I could do a whole podcast about this, but. I really think that the that the league should have two bye weeks, um, because the players pay the bills, and people come to see the players. And I understand that that the NFL wants to run this thing, billion dollar business, whatever. But like, let's check. The NFL does not necessarily have balance. And when you talk about making money, and I know from personal experience, like X amount of dollars doesn't really make me happier or worse. Um, sometimes it offers you relief money, but if you don't have the balance along with that, things get offset. And, um, with the NFL, it's like, you know, these players are stuck playing Thursday night football. And then you're talking about player safety issues all the way around that you care about the players, but you're stuck on Thursday night football because these players are pimped out at your mercy because they are under contract and that's what they got to do. And, you know, weed is still an issue. So uh, it's like, you know, you get two bye weeks. The guy's yeah. got time to come back. Yeah, I mean, the NFL looks at that Thursday as a bye week, though. Although it's it's very tough on the player, they do get an extra half of a week. So that's kind of how they generate that. And, you know, coming off of those Thursday games, you should be, you know, better for the following 
game 10 days later. So there's some give and take there, but I do think you might see him go to a two-bye-week system and adding in another game or two to the regular season for sure. They would be crazy if they didn't do a two-bye-week system. I think the players would love that. Um, and I even thought about having like a week where everybody's off. The only problem is if you do that, then if your team isn't really too into it, you know, you're kind of screwed. And then obviously have a week off before I think even uh, the wild card starts. You know, if it's like if you want to have NFL football year round um, and still have that fourth preseason game, where you got guys now where you can keep the roster. We talked about that. Re- I talked about that recently. Um, right. Where you can keep the roster. It's only one cut now, which is huge. So, right. um, you know, that fourth preseason game, like you're saying about preseason mannering, that's going to be, look, let's get these guys some tape. You never know. And, yeah, it's boring football to some people, and it sucks when you're rooting for guys. Like we were rooting for, uh, I was rooting for James Wilder Jr. last year. Why? Because it was part of the Bill Semantics thing, and, Met him. He's a super nice dude, and he works hard. His father, um, you know, played the running back position pretty damn well at Tampa. And, um, you know, you want to root for the kid. But, like, when you got guys in front of you that, that can't make as crisp of blocks as the other guy and you don't bust out, you don't show any flash, and then if you have some slippery practices, you're out the door. And if you can't play yep. special teams, it's weird hearing interviews with some of these guys that don't mention special teams, and then some people have to correct them, like, yo, you better play special teams. You know, like... No, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, look, it's preseason, the best way to put it, Dave, and this is how we can kind of talk about it, it's not for everyone. Like, I get that it's not exciting. If you're a run-of-the-mill fan or even, like, a high-end fan that, like, likes Bill's football, you're not always going to get preseason because it's more about tactical um, ways that people are blocking, schemes that they're running, routes that they're trying to learn. They're learning things on the fly. It's more about the basics of football that no one's really watching for. And when you get into that fourth preseason game, all of a sudden you see about 40 players playing, only of which three to four are going to make the team. So it's really boring to people. I mean, stars can be born in that, like Victor Cruz. Like, stars can be born in that in that fourth game. And it's, it's tough for the average fan to wrap their head around, like, what's going on with that. So special teams are another, like you mentioned, special teams are another thing they're looking at during that fourth preseason game. If you get rid of that, you're really putting jobs on the line because you're going off of three preseason games. And the third game, those backup players aren't getting to play. So you're really going off of two games at that point. So you really need that fourth game. It doesn't really get anyone hurt. There's no issues. No one's playing in it. So it shouldn't really be a big deal that they play a Thursday game. Fourth preseason game is always on Thursday before cuts. It shouldn't do anything, but you sit down, grab a beer or whatever you like to, you know, grab a piece of pizza and watch the fourth preseason game and turn it off when you feel bored. I mean, there's, there's, that's pretty much all you have to do and watch for a couple plays or players. And you don't really need to discuss it like what, you know, specific players are doing more than you do the big scheme things like who's making the right plays who's in the game a lot if you're in the game a lot in the fourth game that's not a good sign we saw that in like back-to-back years with like Manny Lawson Lawson. you saw guys like that that played throughout the fourth quarter or third quarter of the fourth preseason game and that's generally bad news because they're trying to find a reason to keep you not cut you so they're going to cut you if you're playing deep into the fourth quarter yeah, and so, um, confession, I skipped a court date to go to the fourth preseason game one year. And, did um, you really? Yeah, I'll admit that was kind of stupid. I mean, it was probably, it was a traffic ticket, but, 
You know, you kind of oh, get there, yeah. you go through the process, and you watch like five plays, and you're like, damn it. But here's the deal. You know what I love to do in the offseason? What's that? I, I like to find guys during the OTAs that stand out to me and see if they can make it. And um, it, it's like training camp, you get these interesting stories because then you get to find uh, my favorite day is probably the the offseason is like after rookie stuff. So you get the rookies back and you get your first organized activity and you get to see like where the where the depth chart is. So like let's transition real quick and we'll get to sure. we'll get to Jeremy Macklin and uh, to close it out. But real okay. quick, OTAs, what did you take away from the OTAs? Because for me, um, I love seeing the depth chart that comes out like Nick O'Leary seems to be number two. Yep. So no, you know, raw dog O'Leary right there. No gloves. He's um, <laughs> developing nicely. Yeah. And I think as a lot of people, okay, the first thing that you just like we were just talking about preseason with OTAs, the, the team's trying to implement and see what they have in certain players. So it's tough to get a full read of the depth chart there. Right. Like right now, the number one thing, the number one nickelback in OTAs was Leonard Johnson. So that's something to keep an eye on now. Was he just playing there because... You know, they wanted to see what they had in him, or is he above Kevon Seymour right now? You don't really know. Um, but right now, Leonard Johnson's getting a lot of those first-team nickel cornerback slots. You know, you had that that Sharice Wright story about the Uber and blah, blah, blah. Like, great, cool story, but, hey, man, you know, he's... That is a cool, that is kind of neat. But a coach is just going to tell you, like, yo, you need to take an Uber? Why don't you get your ass here? Like, you shouldn't have left. Like, no, this right. shouldn't be a story. No, not really. And... I think you have a lot of depth. One thing I'll say is a lot of people, because people confuse, Dave, people confuse high-end starting talent with depth. So if you don't have three starting cornerbacks, people immediately say you don't have any depth. (laughs) As you know, those are two different things. Having depth means you have players that can play in a bind or in spot positions. So the drop-off between Leonard Johnson, Kevon Seymour, Sharice Wright, Charles James, and newly acquired Greg Maben, who was a highly touted undrafted free agent who should have gotten drafted that they just signed. And Marcus Sales, another small school guy who played really well. Those guys can come in in a bind. So the difference between, like, you're not going to have Richard Sherman behind Richard Sherman behind Richard Sherman, right? So if you have guys that can come in and compete, that's a big thing. And you'll you'll see that with this Bills roster to me. I think you have some holes in the safety position. And I and I think you do still have a few holes potentially in the backup defensive line spots, most notably defensive end. But one big thing that I saw was the kick return position. Uh, Corey Philly Brown was getting a lot of them as well as newly signed uh, Ross. So Rashad Ross. So right. those were the two primary kick return. What does that say for Brandon Tate? I don't know. Were they just trying to see those two? I believe so. However, it's always Brand, Brandon, good to take. Brandon, I don't know, man. Brandon Tate, I think, is money in the bank on special teams. Like he's, I don't know, man. He he makes Crossman happy. Sure. He wouldn't be here if he didn't make Crossman happy. And he was resigned, so you, That's you what would I'm say those those go to say that he'll probably be our main punt returner, but that doesn't mean he's going to return kicks. And another one was Walter Powell, who has his four-game PED suspension um, come out of OT. You know, not for well. nothing, not for nothing. I think they should just uh, – I think Walter Powell is a talented player, but I don't think there's room for him on the team. And Here's, I think he should go. And I'll tell you, to be honest with you, man, it ain't even worth it. I, at this point, you have a first-year coaching staff. Like, get the hell out of here, Walter. Sorry. Like here's here's an interesting way to look at it though. 
when you go to cuts, guess what happens? Chantrell Henderson still has five games to serve out of his ten. Guess what happens? Yeah, that's my league? that's my boy. He's been proven. He's done it consistently when he was in there. He's not and a that's bad fine. player. Yeah, that's fine. And you're and, already and set, though. You know what I mean? Like, you need a guy who can play special teams to make an impact now. Like, that tackle ain't necessarily going to do that for you. Well, here's a good thing to say for you, Dave. What is the downfall to saying, you know what? Walter Powell has a free roster spot because on at, right at cuts, guess what they can do with him and Chantrell Henderson? They put him on the reserve suspended list. Oh, okay. All of a sudden, you don't need to cut the guy. There is no benefit okay. to allowing another team to take him. All right, so I didn't, why I didn't not know that. Stash him for the, both of the players. Stash him for their four weeks. Reevaluate your injury and situation at that point. See how you're doing. And if at the end of those four games you don't need him, cut him at that point in week five. I still think that that behooves you more to do that than it does just cut him now. I think you'll let him play in preseason. You'll see what you have, and you can stash him away. If injuries happen again, well, you have Walter Powell coming in. I know he's not a great player, but you have that you know depth coming up in week five that you didn't have if you just cut him. So he's a free roster spot. There's It doesn't really benefit you to, to, to cut ties because you get a free roster spot for those four weeks. You know something? Um, you're going to have to tell the people your name. What's your name again? Who, me? Yeah. My real name? Yeah. Kevin Masseri. Kevin Masseri. Find him on Twitter, Kevin Masseri, M-A-S-S-A-R-E. And that's why you're on right now, Kevin, is because I didn't know that. And you're here to educate the people. And how many people can you have on that reserve suspended list? As many as you have suspended. So that reserve suspended list is is exclusive for players that have a league suspension. So if you have seven... I believe the NFL starts to fine you money for that, but you have his unlimited roster spots. That's crazy. Okay. So if, okay. if you have, so it doesn't benefit you to cut either. Not that we would cut Henderson, but it doesn't benefit you to cut either of those two guys. I mean, you can if you're just like you know what, Walter Powell has no use, then cut him. Fine, but there's no reason to because another team can go inside him and put him on their reserve suspended list. I think Henderson so, is that stealth tackle that gets re-signed. Yeah, he could. You know I mean, what I mean? He's, our fourth, he's the fourth tackle right now. He, you was know, a, that's an, he was a mass coming out of college. Don't forget, Quangio was caught too. So, um, right. If you if you look at it, Sean Charles Henderson's our fourth tackle. Another another spot you have, you can put him on the reserve suspended list. He's definitely a guy that if Sean McDermott didn't like, he would have already been caught. So, in my opinion, you see him suit up week six of this NFL season. In my opinion, I think you have very interesting interesting position at the tackle spot. you got Cordy Glenn, and you got yep. Dawkins taking the reps at left tackle. See what he could do probably, right? you got uh, Mills on the right. Um, you know, it seems like Jordan Mills came to party. Yeah, everything that's every, – offensive, right offensive line coaches seem to like Jordan Mills. He actually came in in his first year and played fairly well. It was last year that he struggled, so we'll see if that changes. But if not, I do expect Cordy Glenn and Deion Dawkins to be your starting tackles week one. Um, but behind them, you have Jordan Mills, Vlad Dukas, Patrick Lewis, Ryan Groy, and Chantrell Henderson. That backup defensive or offensive line is a very good backup offensive line. So that's that would a lot of those players would start for many teams. So you have a backup offensive line that's as good as it's ever been. Now, how many offensive linemen do you keep on the final fifty-three? You keep nine because Henderson will be on your reserve suspended list. So you technically actively keep eight? So you would keep – I would keep nine plus Henderson on my okay. reserve list. 
So yeah. that would mean if, if we go left to right and at the left tackle spot, you would have Cordy Glenn, left yep. guard spot, Richie Incognito, center position. You would have Eric Wood, um, right guard situation. You'd have uh, Miller there. And uh, right tackle right. right now is, you know, penciled in to be Dawkins, so to Mills, but let's just figure Dawkins, make it easy. Okay. Sure. So you got five. Then you got Groy, who's got to be a lock. He's too versatile. Yep, go. That's he's a six. lock. You got yep. Mills, maybe. That's a seven. If Mills, Mills could play himself off the roster. So Mills could definitely play himself off the roster. Of course, either of them could. But to me, they were both signed to two-year deals, and you have Mills and Groy as virtual sixth and seventh offensive line uh, locks to your team. To me, and then you have... Patrick Lewis as your eighth and Vlad Dukas as your ninth. So those would be my nine and Chantrell Henderson as your reserve suspended. So at the end of five games, you can make a decision on if one of those offensive linemen need to be cut or if you're going to keep all 10. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Now Dawkins looks like, uh, you know, his offensive line coach Juan Castillo there. He is very impressed with Dawkins, says he could start. Yep. Dawkins um, is a day one starter, definitely. And, I mean, that's the guy who hammered the table for him to, for the Bills to move up to get him. So, again, you gotta trust think, you got to trust these coaches, I think. you got to let yeah, them get the, what they want. I think OTAs, especially with these being their hand-picked guys, you have three starters from your draft class, at least, and that's White, Dawkins, and Zay Jones. So... I don't think there's any discussions there. I think they're all, bearing injuries, I think they're all on the field to start from day one. So um, I love the offensive line position. I think we're as strong there as we've been in recent drought history. Okay. Um, running back spot. Jonathan Williams, they say he's looking good. Yeah, he, he's shown up. I mean, I really like McCoy, Jonathan Williams, and Jordan Johnson from UB and um, Joe Banyard. They, they say Johnson holds it down. Yeah, man, he's going to be your third running back, bearing once again an injury or, or a higher-level signing. Um, what about so, the wide receivers? Any developments there? Obviously, Zay Jones, um, he had a knee thing for a minute, but he came back unexpectedly, quote-unquote, faster than people thought. I just think that the coaching staff keeps their mouth shut. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to Zay Jones, people just run and react and say that we're the most injury-prone team ever, but that's normal. He was fine, like I said. So Sammy Watkins, Zay Jones, Holmes, Corey Brown, you have a lot of guys there that could fill up like fourth through sixth receiver roles. I'm still missing, with Watkins and Jones, I'm still missing a top three guy in my opinion, but I do think you have four, five, and six covered. Okay. Um, any, any undrafted guys on the offense sticking out to you? I think... The best chance you have, obviously, we mentioned him, Jordan Johnson. I do think he makes a team as your third running back right now, as long as he stays healthy and can play special teams. Um, the other one that I'd keep an eye on the offense, you know, you could see a guy like Jason Kroom at tight end or Keith Tobridge, you know, sneak on as the final tight end as well. Uh, okay. Um, okay. So the defensive side of the ball, um, I think the most interesting development on the defensive side of the ball, actually. There's a lot on the defense to go over. Um, but I'll say, for me, this might not be the most popular thing to talk about, but the linebacker spot, I think, is the most interesting. How the hell are we going to get this shit together position? 
And now we're kind of reading the tea leaves. It's going to be the best three linebackers on the squad are going to be the starters. So exactly. And I like that. And I think that's what you got to do. You got to find a way to make these guys gel. And, again, we see Lorenzo Alexander. Um, he was up on CoverOne.net with your colleague Eric Turner. Please check out that video podcast. If not, pop on the audio feed on iTunes. At least get that in. Um, Eric is a great speaker, and Lorenzo's a cool-ass dude to do that. Like, that's really neat. Um, but, you know, that guy did the Whole30 diet. He, dry, he When you do Whole30, it's Google it. If you don't know about it, it could change your life. It's changed my life. I look like I have a pill problem, and I don't. My head just looks big, <laughs> and I have – my head looks big, and I look like I have runner dad bod. Um, but it's like – That's great. Dude, I haven't been this small since I, like, wrestled in high school. It's like I look weird. I feel weird. I feel so self-conscious. So why don't I just talk about it, broadcast it? Um, so, like, you know, Lorenzo's losing weight. Well, when you lose weight, what happens? Power to weight ratio. Let's go. You're getting speed. So um, Reggie Ragland, Eric always talks about him. Eric Turner, we always talk Ragland's weight. I don't – I think Ragland plays. I think he starts. And I'm sorry – but Preston Brown is my man. Like, I have always liked Preston Brown, even as a rookie. I think his coverage, and I could be totally blind to saying this, I think he's underrated. I think he is sure. underrated. He's had picks in his career, and he has proven to play the weak side with Jim Schwartz. So, I mean. I think you go back to, a, if you want to talk about linebacker, I think you go back to a 4-3 scheme that benefits Preston Brown exactly. a lot. Exactly. The three four he was outmatched. He did rank as a very bad inside linebacker last year. So sure, he's definitely going to be underrated because he was rated one of the worst linebackers in the NFL. So when he goes back to his natural four three, I do think you get a lot out of him. So now you have. To me, I'm very impressed with the linebacker position because preseason, before we re-signed Lorenzo Alexander and let Zach Brown go, we were looking at a, a linebacking core that consisted of Gerald, or excuse me, Preston Brown and Reggie Ragland. There was nothing else there. You know, fast forward three months, you re-sign Lorenzo Alexander, you re-sign Ramon Humber, and you draft Matt Milano, Tanner Vallejo, and you sign Gerald Hodges. All of a sudden, it's a pretty decent unit. I, I agree, and Gerald Hodges has a veteran experience. What I like is... Um... He, he's going to start for you. So, I mean, to me, I think you have a, a starting unit of, you know, Ragland and Hodges and Preston Brown. And I think Lorenzo Alexander plays in a lot of different packages, and Ramon Humber will come in at certain packages. And then you have Matt Milano, Matt Milano and Tanner Vallejo. I think you have a solid six there. So cornerback spot, how is that shaken up? Because um, I'll, I'll be I'll be short with you on the defensive line. Here I am backpedaling. Yo, the defensive line, it's cool to see Marcel Darius getting his shit together, of course. I mean, it's about time. to do it for Kyle. I'm stoked. Sure. We we want to see him Gary be, Hughes is excited. Oh yeah. yeah, dude. Everybody's stoked. And they're gonna play that defense and I think Shaq Lawson is gonna be just fine. Um and you know, everybody wanted the shorts, everybody wanted the simple details, right? Well we're gonna get the simple detailed or you know, simple, less complicated, less detailed shit, you know? Let's get good at our fundamentals. That's a big thing you heard with Shane Gailey's staff was fundamentals, fundamentals and you know, you didn't really hear that with the Rex too much. And um, I'll be honest, I'm stoked on the D-line to do what we know they can do. Sure. You, you have it. a good starting four. There's, 
you have a really good starting four. There's nothing else you can really say than I think they're a solid four. Um, behind him, you have Adolphus Washington, Ryan Davis. You know, you have Darrell Worthy, Max Vales, and you have Barquavius Lewis, an undrafted free agent, Eddie Yarbrough. Uh, you, you have some you have some guys there that, that are fine. I'd like to see another defensive end added. But outside of that, I think you're in decent shape. What do you think about the defensive backs with um, safeties included? Okay, so with defensive back, I think at the cornerback spot, you're actually in decent shape with Tredavious White, Ronald Darby, Leonard Johnson, Kevon Seymour. Um, you have Sharice Wright. You have Charles James, Greg Maben, Marcus Sales, and Bradley Selvey. I think you have a good group of six that will come out of there. At safety, though, with Mika Hyde and Jordan Poyer, behind them, you're in big trouble. So um, I think I'm good at the starting end of this, and I'm good at cornerback. But behind those two starting safeties, I think you're in big trouble if something happens. Do you think it's a mistake to sink a lot of faith in the player? Because I like what he put on, on the tape for his last season. I, he seems like he was a, a budding prospect, and he could be a great value. And the fact that he played or he knows Hyde through a friend, uh, I, I I hope that they are best buds in studying this defense. And if you're willing to work, you could do anything. You know what I'm saying? You could really do anything if you're willing to put in the work. Yeah, I'm fine with the cornerback spot. And then when you look at when you look at safety, I'm fine with the starters, but I do think it's really risky to not have anyone behind them beside, you know, Cole Anderson, a special teamer, Trey right. Elston, he's okay. BT Sanders is an undrafted free agent, Joe Powell and Shamil Gray or Gary. I mean, I think you're in big trouble if something happens to one of those two. So it's risky not because of Poyer being iffy, but it's risky because if either of them go down you have a guy there that's not even replacement level coming in. Now, wasn't Kevon Seymour and um, Tredavious White both alternating reps at the second spot? Yes. Yeah, so they were. So, once again, I, th- I, I think you have a pretty deep cornerback unit. I mean, I've had problems with our cornerback depth in the past. I think right now you're okay there. I, I, I don't think without spending big money you can get much better there. You spent his first-round pick on it. You have a second-round pick with Darby. You did some decent signings with Wright and Johnson, and you have a six-round pick, Seymour, from last year. I don't think you can really do much more there. You signed Charles James, picked up a few undrafted free agents. I don't think you can do much more there without going out and giving someone $7 million plus. I agree. This defense, they've definitely shaped it up a little bit. Um, And the thing that gives me confidence is you got these show dudes like Leslie Frazier. You got McDermott, whose shit is together. And they speak well, you know, so it's like it gives me confidence. And that's really what, what Bills fans want to know is, are we okay? Are we in good hands? Do you care? Because as there's one credit I got to give Bills fans through this whole Rex Ryan thing, and I was in support of Rex, but, like, Buffalo Bills fans are sick of being bullshitted. Stop talking your shit. Show me what the fuck you're doing, frankly, and talk about it, but you better execute. And if you don't, get the fuck out of here. And it's like something that I've despised with a lot of Bills fans because people like to stay in the negative. But I got to say, I'm pretty impressed. Like, they are very detailed. And I'm a fan of Leslie Frazier because I like the Vikings as well. And he was an up-and-coming, well-sought-after coach going on interviews when he was under Childress as well. So, like, when the Vikings fired Childress or the whole Randy Moss debacle of uh, cutting Moss after they trade a pick back to the past to get him, you know, um, Leslie Frazier, that was a hot coaching candidate. And, like, sure. you know, it was nice to see the Vikings go on with him, and I feel like some unfortunate shit happened. 
and um, you know, like Christian Ponder, and you really can't do much. So it's like you have that head coach on your staff, and he has a great rapport. Um, yeah, I believe you work with Tony Dungy. He's got that same kind of like demeanor, you know. Yeah, so absolutely. These guys are going to want to play for him, and I think that's what's important. Is you got guys that want to like. You know, these players yeah. are sick of the talk, you know? Sure. And, you know, one one note to note out of, out of you know, not Leslie Frazier, but Rick Dennison was that he was another really good candidate. And watch out for Patrick DeMarco and Mike Tolbert. Although we lost Mike Gillisley, Tolbert and DeMarco are going to make up a lot of that playing time. They're gonna as be well very, as Jonathan Williams. They're going to be creative, man. Yeah, so I wouldn't. I really. I think Mike Tolbert was part of the reason why we let Gillisley go. Between Tolbert and Jonathan Williams, you were able to let Gillisley walk. So, I, 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 it was a top ten offense in a lot of categories last year. You traded uh, Robert Woods for Zay Jones in a way, and added Deion Dawkins. Um, you know, you added Corey Brown and Andre Holmes and Patrick Demarco over some of the other less talented players we had. I think you're in good shape there on the offense. I don't think there's any issues. I do think there's still a hole at a third receiver spot, and that's that's pretty much my only hole, um, especially if you have an injury. And I guess that could lead us into Jeremy Macklin, huh? Yeah, so um, Bill's Fanatics, they're reported right out the gate that uh, we're hearing a $4.5 million deal, something, 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 something. There's nothing posted now. I'm not going to shred them. They did a lot for Numb Bill's Fan Podcast, and, you know, the, the live show that we had started with them. So I'm not going to trash Bill's Fanatics, but they're eating a lot of crow right now on the internet on the interwebs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know a little bit about, you know, reporting things that you've heard and you've got to be really careful out there. I mean, you've got to pick your battles on what you're trusting. And I think they went all in with information and didn't really see a second source or didn't really consider what could happen by missing it. But, um, it's unfortunate for those guys over there. Um, you know, I don't have anything negative to say about it. I mean, I just got to clean up the sources a little bit, maybe cut that person off who gave you that info and, you know, move on. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I hated Twitter. The only reason I joined Twitter was so I could like tweet to Terrell Owens and like, I didn't know how it worked when I had like my little egg, you know? Yeah. But, like, I know Twitter's plateaued in its followers a few years ago, and it might even went, they might even lost followers. But, yo, I am so, I am so sick of the people just trying to be first to it and just throwing shit on the wall hoping it sticks. Like, stop. And all you're doing is just leaving comments and screenshots and whatever. Like, yo, take your fucking screenshot, get a goddamn photo crop in the app store. And I know I post screenshots too at times, but I have a good reason. My excuse is usually I'm like driving or I'm on a lawnmower or I'm on a scaffold and I forgot, oh shoot, I forgot to promote this. So occasionally, like Deacon used to yell at me all the time, it's over there freaking screenshots, man. It looks like shit. Well, I want the extra step. I got the Crop app. Okay, it's called Crop. And uh, you could cut out your headers. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's nice. And I think that if you want to be first, that's cool. But, like, 
spruce it up a little bit. Like, you want to be taken as a professional journalist. You want to have this professional journalism act, but we're, you know, we are all started out as fans. And it's like, so Entercom doesn't pay me. I'm not considered technically media, you know, like to, to people in media. You know what I mean? And you could be 25 years old listening to this working at Entercom. I don't give a fuck. It's like, right. you might not know what the hell you're talking about. So this thing with the Bills finance thing kind of, it makes guys like Joe B and Sal Capaccio and, um, you know, you, Kevin Masari, Masari, I don't know how to spell it. Or no, I do know how, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> you know, like I, I'm not one, I'm not much of a newsbreaker because I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to have the backlash. I don't want to have the Twitter hate. And it's like, man, I'd rather be accurate. Let the dust settle. Like I haven't, I'm not going to do a podcast about the OTAs three days in, like to talk about nothing. You know what I mean? Like everybody else is already going to hit up buffalobills.com or cover one.net, see what formations are out there, you know? So it's like, for me, I think that being the first isn't always the greatest. And I would rather have a little bit of integrity. Not saying I have any, but I would rather at least pretend to have some kind of integrity than releasing it. And I feel bad for those guys because I think Bill Smacks is catching a lot of heat that's unnecessary. So if you guys are up there shredding them, you know what I mean? Like maybe chill out a little bit because, you know, they're trying and we're all trying and... You know, there's a lot of uh, quote-unquote Buffalo blogger media outlets, you know, DIYers like myself doing this dumb podcast, you know? so Yeah, and I mean, from from what I've from what I've been able to tell is I think they do have a source somewhere inside the Bills. I mean, I don't really know what happened there, but I, I'm never going to hate on someone for trying. If they were malicious, then that's awful. Like, if they were just straight up lying and making that up, but... Outside of that, I mean, things happen. P- things People change their mind, and you, you never really know what happened. But unfortunately, without them having a little bit more uh, local to national credibility, they're going to take a hit for that. I mean, it sucks. It just kind of is what it is. So Jeremy Macklin comes into Buffalo. He comes on a visit. Um, Shady McCoy doing a great job on Instagram, recruiting him, being funny as hell. Awesome stuff, right? And right. for me um, – when the Bills got LaShawn McCoy, I was like, no way. No way. I love McCoy. I love that whole Eagles offense like I did. I loved Deshaun Jackson. I loved Macklin. I loved um, LaShawn. And, like, Macklin was a guy I remember drafting a fantasy. And so he was like, oh, I think my friend Sean. He's like, oh, he's hurt. He got hurt last year. And this is like a second year in or something. So I drafted him the next year, and he just tore it up for me. I think I won the league in Sean's league that year, which is a running back friendly league, but I pulled the receivers off the board because I thought I was being cute. I got lucky. Fred Jackson won the league for me. Um, so anyways, it's like Jeremy Macklin is just firepower, man. Like, come on. just I just picture those safeties backpedaling uh, and just opening up. Like, like I feel like the theme of this offense for the Bills is opening up the middle of the field. It, you know, sure. I hope Sammy's in. Shape. Yeah, it was. We'll see what the numbers are. I mean, we'll we'll talk about Macklin for a minute. I mean, we'll see what his numbers come out with with come out at with Baltimore. It's it's a big knock for me. I don't believe that 
you should have let him go. I did, from what Sal Capaccio reported today that we tried to give him an offer again today, but he had his mind made up on Baltimore. I think a Joe Flacco and being number one in that offense was going to be hard to beat. And um, Josina Anderson reported that the Bills actually weren't even in consideration. So I don't know if what? that's true. I don't I know that. if that's tr- true or not, but I do know Josina knows LaShawn very well. So, um, you know, maybe that was just LaShawn trying to slough off losing him. But I, I from, from what Sal said, we put an offer into him today trying to get him last minute. But it does seem like Baltimore was his choice from the beginning and may have used us to talk up his price. So for me, I do think, and, I, and I've said this on Twitter, I do think it's a whiff for Brandon Bean. Um, I, I, I know you can't be blamed too heavily for this, but I do think that with, with his talent and he was in the building, I think you need to try a little harder to make the deal even at a little bit of a more inflated price because it doesn't overly hurt you. You can finagle the cap. Baltimore has half the cap space we do, and they are able to make it work. I'll be real with you. I think um, Chris Brown brought up a great stat on the John Murphy show on Monday, which is today. And um, he was talking to Donald Jones, and he brought up the fact that the Ravens threw the ball the most of any team, like 42 or 44 times a game as of last year. Um, I mean, you gotta yep. keep, you gotta keep in mind you don't have Peyton. We're so used to fifteen years of Peyton Manning and, and Brady just having shootouts over and over. Drew Brees shootout, shootout. Those quarterbacks are gone. So like now, it's it's a lot different. And it's like you would think they'll be like fifth, you know. But guys aren't throwing for fifty times a game anymore. It's, I mean, if you look at New England, if they have to, they will. But in most cases, they run the ball more than people think. Yeah, they're a bit like they're a balanced offense, and like you never hear that Green Bay needs to run the ball more, which they should. You know what I'm saying? Like you never hear, oh man, Green Bay's rushing yards down. It's like, are you looking at this shit objectively? And I feel like coaches just roll with it. Yeah, let them think that we're just gonna do our thing. They're stupid. Yep, it's a quarterback driven league. Yep, 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 yep. And it is, don't get me wrong, like there's times in history where like the quarterback, even back in the day, you get the quarterback, Joe Namath, boom, done. You know, like, so I get it. But um, I don't know where the hell we're going with this. But uh, as far as uh, Jeremy Macklin, if you're getting, if you're going to the team that throws the most and you got a guy like Joe Flacco and you sit in a room with him and Joe's like, come on, man, let's roll. You know I throw that shit deep, and they could be thinking the same thing. You know you got Wallace yeah, they, out. You got Wallace out there going deep. They can't run the ball at all. They still don't have anyone to run the ball. But I mean, it, if you look at things in depth, we'll have to see their numbers before I can really comment on what they pay Jeremy Macklin. Um, but he's he's already been said to be their number one running uh, wide receiver. And I mean, from an offense that's going to sport Terrence West, Lorenzo Teleferio, and Danny Woodhead, um, I think they'll be throwing the ball more than any other team again this year. And don't forget, Dennis Pitta just is out, just got just got caught with a major injury. So, um, yeah, that was our number one target. So, and he's gone. So now they just have an old Ben Watson and Crockett Gilmore, Max Williams. They have a couple of tight ends there. But, you know, Brashad Perryman was their number two receiver. Now they push him down to three. They have some real good speed. And, um, 
you know, Joe Flacco's going to sling the ball. There's nothing we could have done. And, I, and I'd imagine this deal gets done at about $5 million of guaranteed cash. So not sure why we weren't really willing to do that, but um, it is disheartening. I do. And I'm generally, as you know, on the positive end of the Bills stuff, but um, I do think that was an early miss for Bean. I do think if you have a chance to add that type of receiver in June, you do it at all costs. Yeah, seriously. And I think you sign him up for a three-year deal. I don't give a shit. You sign him up for a three-year deal because he will always be a number two worst day in scenario. What happened this year, Dave, when everyone said we had no cap space? What did we do? We have just as much cap space today as we did to start the offseason. Because of Aaron Williams being caught, you know? You can always make that cap space up. And having the same amount of cap space, adding a couple of pieces, resigning a couple of pieces, and putting a whole draft class underneath contract, and you still have $13 million in cap space, it's it's an overblown thing. It's going up 10% each year, and you can always make cap space room. I, I, I don't think you need to really worry about if it was going to cost you another million on the cap. Big deal. I agree. And it's man. a big mess. I mean, I'll say that. It, for me, it's been the biggest miss of the offseason had him in the building and, and then not not locking up a number one or number two receiver well i mean uh dude i i don't i don't know if i could call it the biggest miss you know what i mean for for the new the new staff what would you say was be bigger um i think it was i think maybe it was a good uh i just knocked my level up i think it was maybe a good first impression like to, I don't know. I think it was good for I think, the, I think it was good for the team to show that yo we're willing to go get some guys. We're willing to bring some guys in the building, and for Lashawn McCoy to put on the spectacle. Like I like that. Well, here's how about this though, Dave? You've now had Trey Boston, who would have been a big signing at safety, Gary Barnage, and Jeremy Macklin all walk after visiting you. I think those are negative signs that we're bringing people in the door and we're not able to lock them up when Doug Whaley and Rex Ryan were able to sign these guys. So um, I do think you need to, to, to lock those guys up when they're out here on the visit and not just have them use you for contract numbers. Can I, can I be honest with you, Kevin? Sure. When people talk about wanting to fire the coach of Rex Ryan, wanting to fire the GM of Doug Whaley, you know, mm-hmm. I think Jim Manos gets such a big lump of shit, shit on his chest, or not Jim Manos, um, Jim Overdorf, I'm sorry. I think people shit on that guy so much, and it's like, that guy made those contracts work. And at the time they signed Darius, that's when, you know, the Bills are late to the party, but that's probably the last long-term contract. I think maybe Watt was after him, I don't remember. But it's like, you know, you got to worry about that shit. You really do. Because if not, you're going to be depending on guys like Andre Holmes to hopefully rise up as that number three. And it's like, I mean, he's a big... I, don't, I just don't think Andre Holmes has ever done it. I mean, he had one half of a season where he was pretty decent, but... You know, they he got replaced by Seth Roberts in Oakland. Um, you know, not even their two big names. So, I, I think we're putting a lot of stock in Andre Holmes. To be honest, I think he's brought in more for special teams. Yo, do you remember when Marcus Easley was tearing up preseason? For, I mean, for freaking kind of. dude, for years, Marcus Easley was tearing up preseason, 
And yeah. like I always wanted to see him. And like I remember Ruval Martin, who was a very good special teams player, I thought. Um, sure. That was all he was good for. But Chan Gailey had a thing where if you play well on special teams, you're going to get the opportunity at receiver. Sure. And I honestly thought that um, now I don't know who was a better special teamer at the time, Ruval or um, Marcus Easley. But I really uh-huh. thought that like they did Marcus Easley and us a disservice by not playing Marcus Easley because you have this dumb special teams rule. And it's like I feel like Andre Holmes, you know, if you don't make the team, isn't that speculation or, or like if they move down from you, isn't that speculation that maybe you're not good at special teams? Like maybe Andre Holmes just needs an opportunity. It's because he, I think he, he's had one. Dave, he, I think he's had one. If you look at his 2013 to 2014, you know, he caught 70 balls. He played a lot in that Oakland offense when they first drafted Derek Carr. I mean, eh, I think he's had his opportunity to play, to be honest with you. And he was marginal. I mean, the, the team throws the ball at Derek Carr slings, and he was still getting beaten out by undrafted free agents and and draft picks. Bro, so I think I, I think I think that people are liking him though at, at the OTAs. I think, but at the same time, if they're going that hard at, at, after Jeremy Macklin. What's it tell you? I mean, how about you know? this? In 2014, when they first drafted Derek Carr, you know, he started 13 games and played all 16 and caught 47 balls for 693. And four touchdowns. 2015, he started one game and caught 14 passes. Like, you can't account for that kind of dip in production. He's had his opportunities to play. And then you go to 2016, another year, where he started two games and caught another 14 passes. So Yeah, but you got Cooper and Crabtree, man. Like you know, I agree with that. Uh, like, what are you going to – that's what that's what I'm trying to say. It's like these forgotten guys, like the Zach Brown was like a forgotten You had Cooper linebacker. in 2014 when he put up those numbers. And, I mean – the biggest, the biggest thing is for me, Seth Roberts beat him out. So, although they did have those two big, big name players, I mean, he's getting beaten out by you know, you know, guys off the street essentially. Yeah, but so, I mean, Seth Roberts is also, I don't know, he's smaller. I mean, a little bit. He's six two, two hundred. I mean, he's a little bit smaller. He's not tiny, uh, dude. You, so what? what do I, you, I, I hope Andre Holmes is good. I just once again, like, I, you're putting a lot of eggs in his basket. So, Actually, so, who I, so like the reports out of camp. So like the reports out of OTAs don't mean anything to you. No, not not for that. Okay. No, just like you, just like you mentioned earlier, right. Des Lewis. It's uh, the same thing, dude. You're so right. It's totally Des Lewis ruining it for me, man. Like. Nice kid, yeah. but like, dude, I can't trust OTAs because he disappeared. He was abysmally vanished. He just vanished in training camp. Yeah, someone for me that's going to catch 40 catches to me is Philly Brown. I mean, I think he's going to catch 40 catches for like 500 yards and get four or five touchdowns. I he's, mean, he sounds like the good slot guy. That's what exactly what he's going to be. And he's actually a burner who, for most of his career, was averaging 14 yards or more per reception. So, um, Believe it or not, he adds a lot there in that position, can play special teams. I mean, he's your pretty shoe-in number three receiver um, at this point. I, I I think Holmes will be your fourth receiver, in my opinion. He'll get on the field with an injury. Um, but I do think losing Macklin here in this whole whole arrangement was a major, major loss. I, I would have loved to have had number two receiver. And my Twitter feed has blown up with, oh, Jeremy Macklin's not a number one receiver, trying to justify not signing him. And it's like, 
you're going to argue that he's not a top 40 player at his position. He absolutely is. I, I, I don't know how else to put it. I know people are trying to wipe this off. Oh, he's not good. He's injury prone. So one I've heard, Dave, he's missed 10 games in seven seasons. He's not injury prone. Um, it's a big loss, not, not being able to sign Jeremy Macklin. It was a big ad for Baltimore and he'll do, he will compete and play really well there. So what you know, about Eric Decker? I just don't, I don't see him. I, I think the only reason we had a shot at Jeremy Macklin was his ties with Buffalo. Um, his, you know, Stephen Culley, the, our, our, our quarterbacks coach, um, having some familiarity with, uh, McDermott. I don't know that Eric Decker would, he's more, you know, I, I don't, I don't see him wanting to play here. I don't think we, he's a little, maybe a year or two older than Macklin. Um, He's been fairly healthy in his career as well, just but he did just have a couple major surgeries in the offseason. Yeah, the thing with uh, Eric Decker that was scary is they were saying that he could be like out for uh, you know his hit. But, uh, yeah. I mean, he only missed two games in the last five seasons previous to last year. So he was a pretty durable guy that could pretty regularly catch 80 balls for 1,000 yards and you know 10 to 12 touchdowns. I mean – Last year he was starting off on fire. He crushed us in week two. Oh, he's a um, dude. He's a big body. He's a solid handed. Like, I'll, I, I, I'll take him in a heartbeat to answer your initial question. I but would does too. He, I would. Does too. he want to play here? I, 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 I don't. See, I don't see it. I don't know, man. I, I think right now, what are your options? You know what I mean? Like, um, you know. It's like it's a weird time of year. It's a really weird time of year because everybody's kind of got their guys, you know. But I mean, do you think that? Um, do you do, do you think that like he would? I think he's somebody where if Tyrod Taylor shows that he can run a West Coast offense which we've seen him do something similar as far as timing in a couple games last season and the last game of the Jets in 2015 season. Um, You know, Tyrod can get rid of the ball quick if he wants to. And I think Eric Decker is that guy that's almost like having just another wide body to catch the rock. I mean, like, he offered a nice target for, um, for Peyton Manning for a long time. Dude, Eric Decker's a solid football player, and if he'd consider playing here, we would make no mistakes by signing him. He's coming off of one injury-prone year. Um, he had missed two games in his first in his first you know six years playing the sport. Uh, he missed maybe one or two more in his rookie year. Maybe that was due to him not playing. But I, I think he's you. You had a guy who caught you know eighty catches and a thousand yards for like four consecutive seasons. I don't think you're missing much by signing him. He was an absolute gem in uh, New York. Yeah, I think... Uh, if, if he'll consider playing here and we'll throw him $5 million, I'd have no problems with it. Okay, well, I would take him. Um, do you think there's anybody else interesting left on the market? At any position? At, at, at the wide receiver spot. I mean... No, not not particularly. No, I think now that Decker got caught, he's pretty much it. He's pretty much the last chance. I wonder if Sam, I wonder if McCoy was like, you know, Sammy soft, 
Sammy's soft. Trust me, you'll get playing time. Sammy's soft. Or like, if they don't have that conversation, maybe I don't. Th- I'm, De- not, I'm not with saying with Decker or with Macklin. With Macklin. You think we had that conversation, or you're wondering if we did? I, I'm wondering if Lashawn had that conversation with Macklin. Like, you know, he might have. Like, trust I mean, me, you're going to get playing time. He was already going to get playing time. I mean, even if he's not soft, so. I do think his wife played a role in wanting to to play um, in Baltimore. I guess that's where she's from or something. But, uh, you know, you can't ever take those personal things into account, what what happened on a personal end. So, I mean, some some of the early mentions from Macklin are like the Bills, Cowboys, Redskins. I mean, uh but really only the, the Ravens and the Bills populated. I guess the Eagles were silently in on it, but I, I, I see I see Decker getting some run from the Bills and Cowboys and Redskins. So we'll see we'll see what happens there. Um, and there's, potentially there's somehow room for the Ravens to even try to get after him as well, Decker as well. That's what I saw, and I find it interesting. It's just absolutely and I like a it. joke. I think it's cool, yeah. man. I think they should get him. I think if you got Joe Flacco. You gotta surround that guy. Like, what the hell are you doing? Well, what are they doing previous to June? Then, like, it's just so confusing. I don't know. I really don't know. You waited for June to sign two receivers. Like, very interesting strategy. As if one exists now. You know what I mean? Um, All of a sudden, two wide receiver. We'll call it wide receiver two, so I don't get in trouble. Even though I think they're both top thirty-five, but two wide receiver twos become available, and you sign them both. But what were you going to do if they didn't become available? Just not have receivers? Yeah, if you're a player on that team, you're like, oh, I better step up. Like what? Is is Harbaugh under fire? I mean, I don't know. You never know. You never know. It's getting... Maybe he had a talk, man. And then he's like, you know what? I, we need these players. So what do you got going on? Um, what are you looking forward to with the Bills next? You know what? It's just going to be covering this mandatory mini camp here, and then after that, we're probably going to take a little mini break till training camp, and hopefully, we'll meet you out there and 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 uh, have some presence at training camp. Yeah, I can't wait to ride the bus. Yeah, right. I'm gonna ride my motorcycle. I, I park there. across the street and I pay for it, man. I don't care. I pay five bucks. Yeah, I, I met. A, I met. I actually shook the guy's hand and tried to introduce myself, like I'd be a regular there, and maybe get a deal with my van, and uh, I just didn't. So I just park across the street, dude. Yeah, like, I, just... that's what I'm saying. I'm talking to that guy's yard. I was like, oh, hey, I'm Dave. Hey. Oh, hey, cool. Then there's that church there that I sometimes park in that doesn't like know that you're not supposed to, but they don't really do anything. Yeah, I might just pay the towing. Yeah, right. You know, I'd like to I like to come like a little bit later and I park right across the street and walk right over. It's way easier than a stupid bus and waste a half an hour both ways. I've definitely stolen a parking ticket. We had this thing called Park Ave Fest here in Rochester. Well, you're from Rochester. Yep. So we had Park yep. Ave Fest and I used to live right on Park Ave and I and I could not park in the no standing zone. I just ripped a parking ticket off someone else's car on Harvard and just put it underneath my windshield and then parked out front of my apartment that had off street park that didn't have Oh, street parking. Yeah, dude, that's a great move. So hopefully hopefully we all catch up at a training camp this year and kind of cover it there. Maybe try to do a live cast somehow. Um, You're only only an hour away. I will gladly come ruin your life. Don't worry. I'll see you before camp, Kevin. 
So outside of that, though, to answer your question, just going to do some some stuff on that mandatory minicamp, and then from there it's pretty pretty slow season unless something happens with Decker. I feel you, man. I really appreciate you coming on and updating us. Um, you know, I've, I've I've been following in the background, but it's like it, it, if I if I'm not too confident to talk about it, I don't want to talk about it. So like guys running around in shorts, and you know, yep. it's like I can only talk about base personnel for so long because I have no clue. Because this is the time of year where you experiment, you know. Um, sure. So you know you might have guys playing the slot who never play the slot, you know. So uh, whatever you want to do, you know, put move guys around, see how fast they can learn. I like seeing Dawkins immediately. Let's get this kid some reps. Let's get this kid some reps. Put him on the left side. See what he can do. Because then if you're in a pinch, week five, Cordy Glenn goes out. You know, say Mills holds it down on the right side, you might want to slip Dawkins in there if your swing tackle ain't ready to go. You know what I mean? Like, right. Maybe you put Mills on the right side, move Dawkins to the left. You never know. So, um, well, Kevin, where can we find you again? Um, obviously, you are doing. What are you doing on Cover One that night? Everything. Yeah, whatever. You know, Eric and I touch base on. We do a lot of live podcasts. We're doing a live show here and there. On um, uh, we run that that show. From there, you know, I'll, I'll write whatever articles he's interested in me running, and I kind of write a lot of onesie, twosie, long play stuff rather than like quick hitters. So it's based on what's going on with the team. So that's why sometimes it's tough to project what's going on. But um, usually, I touch base with Eric, and we come up with a plan. And um, you can catch some of our stuff, obviously, on CoverOne.net or obviously at CoverOneBills is Eric's main Twitter, and mine's at Kevin Misery, um, and. That's what I'm up to. Well, Kevin, as always, thank you. Absolutely, Dave, and we'll touch base, I'm sure, pretty soon. All right, man. Well, I'll shoot you a text. I'll just probably hang out live right now and do my outro right now. So, um, again, that's Kevin Masseri, uh, K-E-V-I-N-M-A-S-S-A-R-E on Twitter, and find him on Facebook, Instagram, wherever. He's a cool dude. We like you, Kevin, which is just me now. So I like you. Absolutely. Well, we like being on, man. Thanks a lot for your time, and let me know next time. Thank you, bud. I'll see you, man. See you later, dude. Bye. All right. So that is um, that's our boy Kevin right there. And uh, I, I, I personally love talking to Kevin. He's such a good, like, he's a good dude. If you got a problem with Kevin... You got a problem with yourself. Let's just call. Let's just call how it is. I don't know how else you want to say it, but thank you for tagging along with this. Uh, sorry if this summer has been a little thin on content. Get my life together here. Being honest with you, um, got a lot of construction at home. One day at a time. Uh, if anybody needs remodel work done, I do do that in Rochester, New York. Hit me up. Drywall work, that's my specialty. Bring it on home, Inc., fully insured and incorporated. Shoot me a message and uh, gladly give you an estimate. And as always, I'm your host, David Palermo. Please find me on Twitter at NumBillsFan, NumBillsFan on Facebook, NumBillsFan on Instagram. And also, you can follow my personal Instagram or my Facebook, David J. Palermo. I will interact with you. Uh, sometimes I get a little behind the messages don't take it personal i will get back to you um has some interesting off-season content to get to and looking forward to it have a lot of nfl takes to get to for this off-season 
Got to have my friend Sean Timmerman on soon at some point. Talk about the Giants. Any Giants, you know, fans or friends and family out there. We'll probably touch on the NFC East. More of an NFL-focused podcast and compare some notes between AFC and NFC. Uh, what to expect. So if you don't remember, please follow Punch Drunk Sports at Punch Drunk on Twitter, punchdrunksports.com. We are the Buffalo Bills. Um, we are a podcast. You know, they're, they're doing a sports podcast network, and every sports team will have a comedian doing a podcast. And, well... I, David Palermo, and the one for the Buffalo Bills that covers the Bills. So Numb Bills fan is the podcast for the Bills on the Punch Drunk Sports Network. And if you don't know any of these guys, please Google Jason Tebow, Google Ari Shafir, Google San Tripoli, all really hilarious dudes, and hell of resume, hell of a lot of resumes doing funny stuff. And Jason Tebow's on the Red Zone Network. Um, also, I believe he's on the Red Zone Network, something NFL Network. Um Sam Tripoli, as you know, from the Naughty Show and, you know, on Joe Rogan a lot, has his own conspiracy theory podcast, obviously on the Punch Drunk Sports. And also Ari Shafir, great comedian. He has a Comedy Central show. This is not happening. Please go on YouTube or and go on the Comedy Central channel and watch it. It is amazing. I think Ari Shafir is probably my favorite comedian I've seen in the last, maybe ever, really ever. He signed my CD saying, uh, fuck the TSA. And, uh, you know, because he hates the, the TSA when they bust your balls at the airport. And, you know, that was before he had his comedy special show, I believe. And, um, you know, all these guys work hard. The regulars at the comedy store in L.A. And I can't be more proud to be um, asked to be a part of it, a part of their sports network. So... Thank you guys for all the opportunities and everybody else in the past from Bills Fanatics to the Bills Mafia group on Facebook, the Red Pencil Tailgate, um, Adam Deacon for, you know, being one of my best friends in life over the years to helping to get the graphics going and help set up the website and, and do stuff to get, you know, this podcast really where it's at. So credit to everybody who's been in the past. Um, I've had a hard time being motivated personally with my life right now. So not to vent to everybody and be all sensey. But, um, you know, to my friends and family, anybody listening, thank you for checking this out. Uh, sometimes I feel like a cornball loser covering the bills, like, in June. But this is pretty therapeutic, makes me smile. And, again, thank you to everybody I've worked with in the past. And thank you, Kevin and Eric at CoverOne.net, Best Bills Analytics. Um, I could shout out everybody forever. Nick Papagelis at the... Red Pencil Tailgate, um, thank you so much for, you know, getting me involved and through your sister getting involved with the tailgate. So um, don't forget, anytime you go to the Bills games, Red Pencil Tailgate, check them out. And um, again, numbillsfan.com, please subscribe to us. Tell your friends, any support helps. Have a shirt up for sale for $19 shipped. I'll send you a shirt. And uh, it doesn't. It says "No Bills Fan" on the back with uh, a cool picture of uh, the goalpost being torn down in Ralph Wilson Stadium at one time, and um, you know, and it says "Da da da," and uh, we will rise again. So it's for the Bills faithful, 
And if you like it, also there's some stuff. That's all on Etsy. So if you go on numbillsfan.com and you click the shirt, that'll link you right to the, the link right on Etsy. But within the Etsy shop, I put up some collectibles for sale just for the hell of it. Uh, I got a bunch of stuff laying around the crib. And uh, I like to start selling that stuff. Why not? So throw it up. Throw it up there with some other merch I've accumulated over the years. And, um, you know, shoot me a message if you want anything. So, again, numbillsfan.com, punchdrunksports.com, and follow me on Twitter everywhere, numbillsfan, and my personal is David J. Palermo. Shoot me a message. Thank you. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.